0: Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Western World 129 podcast. I'm Dr. Jeff Craig, Superintendent of Schools, and I have a remarkable guest with me today. This individual shares a deep rooted connection with our school district. Not only as a graduate of our schools and a former school district parent, but also as an integral member of our Board of Education. Beyond her dedicated service, she holds the esteemed position of an administrative law judge for the state of Illinois, the Honorable Valerie Brown Dykstra. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, this is, uh, this is a nice treat for us as well as, uh, as we wind down uh, my career. And as you get close to the end of, of your terms of service, um, wanted to make sure we had this dialogue because it's a unique opportunity. <laughs> so in in light of that, uh, you are currently our longest serving member of our board, uh, elected back in uh, May of 2013, which is before, that was a year before my tenure began. And as previously mentioned, you also bring a unique perspective of having been a graduate of Westboro High School. Um, if you could talk a bit about your remembrances of those days as a student in West Aurora School and then your observation from a variety of perspectives, how we've evolved uh, since those times in the district.
1: Okay, uh, I started at Schneider Elementary School uh. in North Aurora. It was two blocks from our house. So at that time, students went home for lunch. So every day, rain or shine, we'd run home, watch Bozo Circus, eat, and run back to
0: school. I remember those days. fondly.
1: and occasionally, you know, there'd be hot dog day when <laughs> it was exciting. You got to stay at school and have hot dogs with the Busser kids. But um, so I spent you know K through six at Schneider. Then I went to Franklin Junior High mm. for uh, junior high, and that was the old one on Galena. It's now gone, and it's a beautiful park. Nice park, yes. But uh, that was an interesting experience. As Schneider was fairly new at the time. It was only a couple of years old and it was your, you know, one level building where you get to junior high and we're on five different levels and beautiful old building. Just a gorgeous building, but definitely old. And then we moved into the brand new North Campus. Yes, My class was the only class to go all four years there.
0: Which is now IMSA.
1: Which is now IMSA, yeah. yes. So um, we started there and ended there. That was a trip. We called it the circus tent because it was just this giant open building, the only rooms that were enclosed were your science rooms on the second floor. And then if you got down into the shop classes, those had individual rooms. Otherwise, none of the classrooms had full walls or ceilings.
0: Back in the 80s of the open concept? Yes. this yes.
1: Would, So it would have been like 78 through 81. Yeah. And you did learn to pull out the distractions. You had to focus. Because You know, you had French next to you on one side, and then you might have algebra two doors down, and it was just constant noise.
0: I can't imagine that being successful today. No, it wasn't really
1: successful then. The Kids had problems with focusing, attention. Sure. But, you know, at the time, this was modern. This was new. This was... Fun, there were a lot of problems with the buildings though we had fires, we had floods, we had the huge snow in seventy nine so when that melted, we had lovely indoor water features yes. as the snow melted and ran down the walls and the wow. um, English classrooms. but um I had some incredible teachers, just incredible teachers through the years and um, Carolyn Kirkla, who went on to be an administrator here in the district. Ann Beatty, who's probably my favorite English teacher I've ever. Met her. Yes. Um, We're just really fabulous teachers. I had Mae Smith at Schneider, who worked very hard with the unions to get them going for the teachers.
0: So, since you're giving some shout outs, some, some of those those impactful educators, what are some things that really made them? I mean, here you are, several several days removed.
1: Many years.
0: So so what still stands out in your mind about why why they made that impression on you?
1: I think because they genuinely cared. Uh, and they had a passion for their topic. I can remember Mrs. Beatty tearing up when she was talking about the scarlet ibis. I still remember that short story. And everybody else was just kind of sitting there. And I started crying because she was crying. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pity crier. And... You know, just a teacher expressing that emotion that the story moved her so much. Yeah. And it just really stuck in my mind. I think I took every class she offered. It was just, she was an excellent teacher. She had a passion for the subject. She had a passion for students. Same thing with Ms. Kirkla. Math was always hit or miss with me. I loved algebra, geometry. I mean, you could have been talking in hieroglyphics and I wouldn't have known the difference, but she made algebra so understandable and, and helped some with geometry. I don't think anybody could save me with geometry, but as long as I got back into trigonometry, then I was fine again. But she, she also had a passion and was always willing to lend a hand. She's also the cheer coach. So all the teachers just really went out. It was a smaller school. Sure. Because... Um, it was more like the North Aurora School. And so you got to know the teachers. And with it being open concept, their offices were open. I mean, they had a door, but there's no ceiling. So, you know, you could see them. They were there. They were around. We just, it was a very kind of insular group. You rarely left. You didn't go to South Campus, really, for any classes.
0: It's amazing the impact that uh, those folks make on, on those kids.
1: Oh, it is. My, my children still talk about some of their teachers from school. Uh, They absolutely adored Bob Lundquist, who teaches anatomy and physiology, and neither one of them went into medicine, but um, they'd heard what a fabulous teacher he was. They both took the class, just absolutely adored it. He brought it to life, and um, we just... There's so many teachers. Schneider had just outstanding teachers, or Barbara Rogers and Pam Hansen and Pam Urshan and Mike Dodson. And it just every year it was like, who am I going to get? Yeah. And then, of course, we have to give the shout out to the principal <laughs> because... Dr. Smith was the principal (laughs) at the time, can't forget him. But it it truly was um, just one of the best schools that I've ever been to. And I I subbed in a lot of schools when I came to the district and thought I'm going to, I'm going to try and run for the board. I thought what I need to do is get out and see what's there. So I signed up to be a sub and I thought I'm going to sub in every single building that I can. And just Get the culture of the building. And I love Schneider. Of course, I'm a little prejudiced. Mrs. Larry at Hill was incredible. Always long time, so
0: welcoming. Longtime principal there.
1: Just, you could tell the culture in some of the schools, you know, they would welcome, not that anyone was ever mean, but, you know, certain principals and schools would go out of their way to welcome a sub and, you know, what do you need? What can we help you with? Other ones were like, hi, great. Thanks for subbing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But um, you, you really got to see a lot of the culture. From the different schools and i subbed all the time at jefferson i thought i'm just going to do you know once or twice in each school and then jefferson's like will you come back will you come back and everybody's like oh you want to sub in a junior high you want to sub at jefferson they were fantastic I, you know just i really enjoyed my time subbing and i thought yes now that i know the culture i i want to do this
0: that's awesome you know, you bring up uh, where I was going to head next and talked about your education background. We did a little sleuthing on you <laughs> and found out that you are identified as the uh, student teacher of the year at uh, Western Illinois University. Shout out to the Leathernecks. And you did some substitute teaching and uh, did your student teaching over in District 131, that other school district across the river.
1: No, I did my student teaching did here. did your student
0: teacher here, okay. At Smith. So... You've done all of that preparatory work in education and then you pursued your avocation in law. What encouraged you to head that direction?
1: Well, I, it sounds silly, but my parents were huge fans of Perry Mason. Huh? And so I grew <laughs> up watching Perry Mason. I made my cousins play Perry Mason with me. Other kids played house. We played Perry Mason. I was Perry Mason. They were the secretaries. You
0: may have just dated all of us that recognized Perry yeah. Mason.
1: And that was it. I was going to be Perry Mason. I was going to free the innocent. And my mom and dad were both teachers. My dad was a principal on the east side at Brady School for 26 years. And so they were both very strong advocates for education. And my dads don't major in political science. What if you get to law school and you hate it? Sure. You, you know, what are you going to do with it? So he said, "Major, you know, get, go to teaching. Get, a, get your undergraduate degree in teaching and, and see what happens. So I decided on elementary education. I had to stand in line and pick my line because yes. that's dating me too. And I decided, well, elementary because there's so much I can do with that. And so I was certified for language arts, mathematics, science, and social studies wow. and um I thought, okay, I'm ready, I can do this and then i just I love teaching, but I always wanted to be Perry Mason <laughs> and so that was my goal, and I thought, you know, if I hate it, I can always teach. I Dead can options. come back and teach if I hate it and I got to my third year. Did an internship with the appellate defender's office and realized that Perry Mason lied. Your clients, for the most part, are not innocent. Most of your clients are, in fact, guilty, and then you're like, "Well, I'm not. I'm not saving the guilty." And there's nothing wrong. Everyone is entitled to defense. Sure. One of my best friends from law school was a wonderful um, defense attorney here in King County but that was not what I wanted to do. So I'm like, well, okay, now do I teach or do I find something else? And I happened to um, fall into the city of Aurora, had an interview with them and thought, this looks like an interesting place to go. There's so much I can do here. Wow. So I started, uh, I was a corporation, assistant corporation counsel for the city.
0: Thanks for sharing that, uh, that insight. Because sometimes you wonder why people choose a certain vocation and, and what, uh, what kind of motivates or prompts them to go that direction. So well, thank you for doing that. Speaking of, you'd mentioned earlier about uh, doing some substitute teaching and potentially thinking about a run for a school board member. That's a big commitment and, and you've... Uh, carried that mantle well you've been a, a representative of our district for the last 11 years now what has inspired you to take on that role of of board member knowing the the awesome impact that you can have on almost 12,000 kids and almost 2,000 adults and our 20 some thousand parents my experience is here
1: i felt that i had such a wonderful education my husband also is a graduate of West my kids went through the schools and I thought we have received so much from Wes. What can I give back? There's, you know, I'm not going to teach at this point. And, and I still have the nights where you go, what if, what if I had chosen the different
0: path? Sure,
1: But I thought, well, you know, this is something that I can do. I can give back. I thought I have the perspective of a, being a student, a parent. I'm I've been in the community for years I, I'm familiar with the area and city government. And I thought, I'll just run and see what I can offer. They're, you know, see what I can do to help out the school. I want to give others the same experiences that I had.
0: Well, we, uh, we certainly are the benefactors and uh, appreciate uh, your time and your, your uh, contributions. And your, uh, your when, when anybody that comes to a board meeting or listens to our recordings of our board meeting can tell that you have a passion for what we offer to our kids and uh, wanting to see them excel at every level is is something that comes, comes out loud and clear in your comments. So we appreciate that. And thank you for your service.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Anything.
0: So I'm going to see where our paths connect. Your role as administrative uh, law judge has um, certainly has a, a demand to it as well in, in terms of what you are adjudicating and I'm curious and, and trying to see that, you know, you, you had education as a backup plan and then went into the, the field of law. How do those two roles connect? How does one support the other? Uh, does your experiences as a school board member influence or provide you some background in your judgeship? And then vice versa, does, uh, does your law experiences influence some of your thoughts in school board?
1: I think they do. As an administrative law judge, it's a little different than a, a civil judge most people think of, not to be terribly technical, but there's common law. Sure. And that's that's what most law is that people think about. It's the things that started in England, you know, a thousand years ago. And that's your criminal law and your civil law. And then administrative law is what I do. And that's the law that didn't exist just in the free world. It's it's actual written law, so something that didn't exist until it was written into law. I do mostly assistance appeals, so people who have applied for SNAP benefits, medical benefits, nursing home benefits, anything that you can think of along those lines, If if they've applied, they've been denied for some reason, mm-hmm. then I would hear their appeals. And they get to tell me why. They think we made a mistake, why the state made a mistake, and my job is to listen. And that's primarily what you have to do because most of these people are not professional, they're not attorneys. They're just average people that are that you would meet if you went out into the community. Sure. And they have concerns. And so many of them, this is our their last opportunity. You know, they're down to three dollars and they need those benefits. And sometimes it's wonderful when you can help them and go, you know what? They made a mistake. We can get you some more. It's awful when you look at it and realize. You know what? You get the maximum that they can give you, and it's twenty dollars. Wow! And I know that's not going to help you at all. And your job is to listen and be empathetic and help them to understand why the rule is there, why you can't do it. But it's a very hard thing to do, and it, it's draining at the end of the day when you when you realize you can't help some of these people the way you really want to. And I think part of that as a school board is the same thing. A lot of times we just we listen. That That is our main goal. We listen to the community and, and they tell us what their concerns are. And I think we have more ways that we can help them as the school board find a solution for them because we're not bound by the law as we are as the administrative process. But at the end of the day, there are things we can't do for them that they might want us to do. And our goal is we listen and we can empathize with them and we can help them find a solution if sure. we can but sometimes all we can do is listen and say, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry we can't do more for you. This is what we can do. And maybe we can help you find another solution or another place or another decision. But that's what we can do for you at this point. And so I think that's how they're, they're similar is that you, you bring your listening skills and your empathy And understand that everybody that comes to you is there because they have a concern. Most people aren't coming to our board meetings to be, um, I don't know, contrary. (laughs) Yeah, they're not coming to be contrary. They're coming because they have a real concern. And sometimes I know after you've worked all day, it's like, really, another one? But you have to remember this is their first time and this is a big deal for them. We may hear it 50 times a day. But it's new for them. And that's hard to do sometimes because, you know, you are sitting here going, I just heard this 52 times. But you have to try and be fresh and new for them.
0: Plus, it sounds like both of them are, whether it's the law or if it's education, they're both about people. Absolutely. And it sounds like you handle that uh, very well. I hope. So I'm going to um, gather your whole body of work from uh, a student in the late 70s parent, community member, school board member, what would you hope or envision for our district moving on the next five, 10 years?
1: I hope that we continue to do what we're doing. You have done a phenomenal job of pushing the school district into new and innovative places. Thank you. I am so happy that I got to be a a part of the choice for superintendent because Mm -hmm. once I met you, I'm like, this is the person we need. We need Jeff Craig to run this district. And that was my goal. It's
0: a big compliment. and I take it. Well, Thank you.
1: Well, you should, it, because it is a huge compliment. I knew from the first time I met you that you would be the perfect person to run this district.
0: You were also the one that I came on a site visit Absolutely. to my former district. Out to uh, South Central Iowa. And that was
1: very hard because a couple of them pulled me aside and put, please don't take our superintendent. (laughs) And it it breaks my heart because I didn't want to do that to them, but I knew you would be the best person for us. And you have done incredible things. The, um... (laughs) Jeff Craig Family Resource Center is going to be huge for the district when it opens. Our students can get health care there. If they have food insecurities, we can help them with that. And there are other issues, and that's going to be amazing for the district. I thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Um, bringing our CTE in and the automotive, that's Great for our students that don't see themselves on a college track. They can take welding. They can take our building trades. They can take the precision engineering, automotive, CNA. They have all those other options, and I hope we can continue to expand that. Maybe we can funnel our kids into apprenticeships with IBEW and plumbers and pipe fitters and just help them really come out with a, a path for them that they know, okay, I've tried welding and plumbing and HVAC. And yes, I know welding's where I want to go and have them come out and be ready to step right into that. That's fantastic.
0: Connect the dots for them.
1: Absolutely. And I want to continue to see us grow in that path. Just what other, what new things are out there? What other opportunities can we have to get our kids so that they're, they're where they need to be. And when I was going to college, that you did that. Everybody should go to college. And it was kind of like, well, if you don't go to college, what are you going to do? And I'm glad to see we're backing off that because there were kids who went to college that didn't want to be there.
0: Got to have some balance.
1: Absolutely. My brother went to college to play baseball. He got his degree, and he was like, I don't want to do this. But, you know, that was why. He went He went to play baseball. Sure. And I think we need to make sure that kids are there because they want to go to college and that they're getting degrees that they need to be there for. Because I think a lot of people go to college and like, I don't know what I'll do. I'll get a degree in philosophy. Well, unless you're going to teach at the college level, what are you going to do with a degree in philosophy?
0: It's a lot of thinking, right?
1: Yes, But, um, you know, we want to make sure that, especially as the costs go up, that we're purposeful in where our kids are going. They're not just going, well, I'll go spend $50,000, you know, getting a degree that I'm not going to use. And then they're loaded with debt that they didn't need.
0: Yes. And that's something we have to be thoughtful of because, you know, not everyone's in the same position. And how do we help people move forward? Absolutely. Appreciate those comments. So I'm going to turn a little bit to a personal note. And if you've shared with some of us, and so I will broadcast a little a little louder, uh, that your family is going to be growing, that you will be a brand spanking new grandparent soon. Congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you. We're That's very exciting. excited. Yeah, I bet. We're I very bet. excited. And when is the anticipated due date?
1: May 19th.
0: Spring baby. Yes. That'll be fun. Yes,
1: we're excited.
0: So we've had uh, a couple of board members and former board members that have become grandparents, and so they project out the class of. So I'm going to ask you to kind of forecast a little bit about... What are some of the dreams and aspirations that you hope for for your grandchild as they come through the educational system?
1: Well, her name is going to be Maeve, so I am hopeful that Maeve and all of our students will have every educational opportunity that is available to them. And that's always been my passion that no matter where you come from in this district, whether your parents make 10,000 Or a million dollars that you have the same opportunities that no one's denied an opportunity because they can't pay for it. As much as we can help them take care of that. And we've done amazing things with making sure that um, no one's denied an opportunity to participate in something because they can't afford it. And... I want to make sure that Maeve and every other student has those opportunities and that we continue as a district to stay current and we're not afraid to take a step out and go, well, this is unusual, but I know we can help students with this. Like with the automotive program, you know, we could have stayed with other areas that were offering a consortium, but we were able to step out. We had this facility become available to us and we're we're stocked we're fully stocked with students we could probably add another facility and i want to make sure that we continue to take those opportunities and that's my wish is that we continue to move and we don't let walls and constraints confine us that we are open to what's out there i mean i can't sit here now and even imagine where things are going to be in 10 20 years hopefully there's things that we haven't even thought about
0: hopefully yes Sometimes we get in a rut in education and we just keep spinning the wheel. But I I agree. So um, you have a platform as a board member, and this is a different platform for people to hear your voice in a different way. So if there was a commentary or a belief th- that you would want to share with our parents and our community about where we are in public education, what would that look like?
1: I think. I want parents to know that despite what you hear on the news, people, teachers and administrators, are there for the most part because they want to see your kid excel. And so oftentimes in the media, teachers are portrayed as just union members who want the best for themselves and they're not really concerned about the students. and while you may have two or three like that, and there's that would be the same in any profession that you have, Absolutely. there's going to be a few people who aren't there for the right reasons. But if you come in here and talk to an office professional or a teacher or an administrator, a bus driver, a, a custodial engineer... Those people want to be there. They want to do their jobs. They want to be the best that they can be. And most of these people love your students. They want to see your students succeed. And that's what I think people need to realize. The school is not your adversary. The school is there to support you and help your child as best they can. And sometimes it doesn't seem that way because... Maybe what you want for your child isn't something that can be offered for your child. And it seems like, well, they don't want to work with me. They don't want to help me. But I don't think that's true. And I think it's hard for parents to understand that because your child is what's most precious to you. And if somebody's telling you, no, we can't do that for your child, it's, well, you don't like my child or or you just don't want to help me. And it's hard to accept that sometimes we can't do what you want us to do for your child. We have to follow the laws and the rules. And people are there at least in this school district, not, and I'm assuming that it's that way across the board, we're there to help. We're there to help you, and no one is there to alienate or or harm your child. And that's so often the picture. Oh, pu- public education is just there for a, their own good. It's a behemoth, and we, we can't control it anymore. And that's not the case.
0: Tell you what, that is, uh, I hope parents hear your commentary um, because it's very genuine. If if anybody knew who you are, uh, they know where those comments come from, and it comes from the heart, and it comes from a good place. So, thank you for for those thoughtful uh, commentary, and thank you for your for your time here today. Here, we appreciate and value your leadership, um, your vision for our district helping guide myself, guiding our district along. Um, You are, as we've talked about, you are the last remaining uh, board member that was part of uh, that hiring process for me, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this opportunity and grateful to be here. And so thank you for all that you do for our kids, our staff, and our community.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's, It's a pleasure. And I don't know what I'd do without the opportunity to help.
0: Just keep on smiling. (laughs) Appreciate that. Please remember you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app.